We spoke to the hostel. They're like, give us 10 minutes before you get there and we'll open up. So literally we got off the bus and had to sprint with our bags into the hostel and they caged it and closed it straight away. Oh my goodness. This is how crazy it was. All the windows had cages on them. Red hot it was. And they go, do not leave the hostel at night. Like if you want to die... Hey crew, welcome back. On today's episode of In The Sticks, I have a chat with Anthony Rensis, who is the older brother of my lovely girlfriend, Natalie. Anthony's done it all. He's not only a really successful business owner, but he is also an avid traveler. We do things a bit differently in this episode. We touch on a, a mixed lolly bag of countries that Anthers travel to. Um, a few European countries get some love. The US and Central America, also some destinations that we touch on. Probably my favourite place that Anth shed some light to is Utila, which is an island off Honduras, which sounds absolutely incredible. Very untouched by the sounds of it. Um, certainly the most telling part of the interview is when Anth goes into a pretty traumatic injury that he endured whilst working in one of the Greek islands. It was a pretty remarkable story. Um, Anther's recovery certainly wasn't easy, but it was quite inspiring to hear that he sort of used his struggles as fuel to propel him into the next chapter of his life which was business. Um, I also love to hear that Anthony's injury didn't stop him from traveling in the, in the years to come. Anthony's a guy that I really admire and I absolutely loved our conversation. And I really do think that there is a bit in there for, for everyone. Enjoy my friends. Francis, welcome in the sticks. Thank you very much for having me, buddy. Thank you so much for jumping on, my man. This has been a, a while in the making. I, I remember I flagged it to you a couple of months ago, and you're a very outgoing, confident man, but I've never seen you this close to, to speechless <laughs> in my lifetime. I know. But I know. You've, you've certainly come around to the idea. Yeah, definitely, mate. I was, uh, I don't like the attention on me solely. Like when I'm around friends and family, it's all good. But when it's put on the spotlight, it's a bit, yeah. like, bit much for me. But nah, anything to sort of, yeah, when you sort of flag the idea, it it, it resonated with me. And yeah. Oh, of course, mate. Idea. You've, um, yeah, you've done some, done some amazing travel in your life and you've, it's something you've definitely prioritised uh, in your youth and sort of still today. Not that you're old now, but um, <laughs> it's a little drive-by early. <laughs> I like it, mate. I like it. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I can't get, can't wait to get into all all the places you've been to and some of the experiences that you've had. Um, so take us back, mate. What? was your sort of earliest memory of of travel and the concept of travel if it was did you go on any trips when you were younger with your family or was there just some other broader influence that that made you look into doing the trips that you did yeah so i mean family holidays and stuff like overseas weren't so prominent uh a lot of sort of interstate stuff around australia and stuff like that we did as a family um 
but I always had that little thing in the back of my head, like that little what if, and and then I saw things and heard things, and things always just resonated, and I always sort of wanted more in that regard. Um, so yeah, like parents got divorced at about seventeen, so th- those family sort of trips stopped a little True, bit. Yeah, so it was more just like, well, you know, mum's not going away, dad's not going away. You know, it's now time for me to start doing my own trips by myself or with friends and whatnot. Yeah, of course. And then, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really family influenced, but were do you have a group of mates who were also keen on on travel and and getting out there? Is that how it came about? Or yeah, a lot of my friends like we started off really just with your sort of south southeast Asia sort of trips, just to sort of dip the dip the toes in um, when you're a bit younger, sort of eighteen to twenty one. Um, and just from that, just the freedom of being away, um, that sort of carefree sort of lifestyle was was pretty awesome. So we did a sort of few in and out trips to those Southeast Asia countries, um, you know, your, your Thailands, your Bars, yeah. your Laos and stuff like that. And just from that, it's just like every year I had to book something. Yeah, he caught the, caught the bug. The travel in, bug. Instantly. Yeah. No, I reckon, yeah, Southeast Asian countries are so good for – for when you're younger, because I guess not only are they quite cheap, but they're they're nearby, they're easy to do, and yeah, similar to me, I yeah, did a Cambodia and Vietnam trip when I was sort of nineteen, so it's probably yeah pretty similar to what you did, and then off the back of that, yeah, you get the you yep. get the the itch for it all. You start exploring, and like obviously with social media, that was pretty that came in kind of close to when. I was sort of started traveling. So like just seeing little things, like the little things that our parents didn't have when they were younger, it just opens your eyes to like the possibilities of what, what is actually out there. Yeah, You know what I mean? You see little things, things will pop up, you follow a couple of pages and it's just like all these things just kept coming up and I'm just like, I have to book this. I have yeah. to go there. I want to see that. Yeah, it's just general intrigue as to yeah. what what there is out there yeah definitely amazing so what was so you mentioned you did a few little sort of southeast asian trips what was i guess your first larger trip for i guess an extended amount of time yeah so um i think when we we're about i was about 23 so like i went to I, when I finished school, I went to uni for a few years. So that sort of bogged me down a little bit. Uni wasn't for me specifically. So I started a trade. I became an electrician. So I said when I sort of close to finished my sort of A grade ticket uh, to be qualified, I said I'll sort of do a larger trip. So we booked, me and three other mates, we booked um, a trip around the States uh, for three months so that was that was pretty cool. We started um, we started in California. Uh, we we hired a car and we drove the whole coast to California, which is cool. Just stopping along the way. How how was it? I've heard not the best things about California. Like it's a very um, not posh, but it's real artificial in some sense. Yeah. Is, did you get rid of that or it was, yeah, it was cool? in some spots? But like a lot of the spots we went to weren't so. Like I mean we. We got off. We went to all the main spots, as you do, just touristy sort of stuff. Um, but then we drove from um, Vegas. We drove all the way, sort of the whole south of the states through to Louisiana. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, we, we passed through some pretty 
full-on places along the south of, you know, we went through Texas and then a lot of the other spots were, you know, we were staying in motels in the side of side of freeways and hearing gunshots. And really? Stuff. Yeah. Whereabouts like, specifically? That was um, El Paso was pretty full-on. Like, Is that near the Mexican border? Yeah, kind of. Sort it's of, that yeah. south side. So, and that was like, we were just like... We locked up the doors. We we brought our stuff in from oh the car because we had just a big Chevy Suburban that we we're cruising around in, um, and we just literally we had stuff in there. We just pulled it all inside and just locked the doors. Far out. That's so heavy. Yeah. So how? Yeah. How different? Uh, what would you say the biggest difference between Aussies and American culture? I guess well, gun laws. America is, is a, certainly one. But yeah, America as a country is like the different states. They're like different countries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're completely isolated. And like, I mean, we 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 drove through like some McDonald's in some places that they probably have never even seen an Australian person, and they were just like gobsmacked to our accent. They couldn't understand us. We went through Macca's and we tried to order. My mate Tro- Troy tried to order um, a latte. And they just kept going, a, a what? An, a, an orange juice? An orange, he's like, no, a latte. But he's got a real strong Australian accent. So they're like for about five minutes, yeah, just he just couldn't get through that it was like a coffee. A coffee, just a simple so, coffee. And then he just like stuffed it and he just drove <laughs> off. So give me a coke. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was um it's a, yeah, it's it's different in lots of areas. There's some cool spots. We went to a couple of um that first trip to the States that we did for three months, um, we flew up, well, we went into Mexico for a little bit and then we flew from Mexico up to Chicago. Um, right. We had Lollapalooza, the, um, the oh. festival up there, which was cool. Um, you know, we saw like crystal castles and stuff back in the day and a few like Diplo wow. right at the start and a few things like that. So, What, what year would that have been? Oh, that was like 2000. 13 maybe yeah, wow. 2013 ish yeah 2012 2013 it's about i think a thing popped up on facebook the other day saying it was oh, like it would have been 10, 10 year anniversary so yeah and that was us in the cenotes in um in mexico so that was on that same trip oh my goodness so yeah it's um it's gone really quickly um 10 years yeah but that was that was really cool and like those spots there you know they're completely different to your your main your main sort of areas in California. So there's lots of really cool spots um, in America. And then when we, uh, I've got family. Like I'm I'm obviously I'm Greek descent, um, and half my family when they migrated, half of them went to um, America. Half came to Australia. Is this on your dad dad's or your mum's on your dad's side? Yeah, dad's side. So half went to America, half came to Australia. And like I've always been in talks with my cousins over there and and whatnot, and I I reached out to them saying, hey, like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in and around there. Let's let's sort Had of tee up. Had you ever met them before? Never met oh, them before. Never. Just on socials and stuff. Um, and then so this was on the last leg of of the trip, and like by that time we were famished like we were pretty strapped for cash like we blew a fair big yeah the start of the trip we started near vegas and stuff like that so it's like we woke up some days and we're like what has happened to our bank account just wondered where it all went went. so we had to really budget even harder come even like i'm 23 now the thought of a the cost of a u.s trip would be gnarly crazy we we went where it was dollar for dollar Oh, yeah. true. And the dollar, was, I didn't. Yeah, even and that was it. that was awesome because oh, we were yeah, game changer. Even when we were drinking, like uh, they got handles of vodka, which is like 
two and a half or two or two and a half liters, um, and that's like thirteen bucks. Wow! So and it's like slab slabs of beers. They got like 30, 30 pack slabs for right. like sixteen bucks and stuff. Right. So everything was super cheap. Oh, like accommodation. Um, accommodation is really cheap, and the dollar was awesome. It was dollar that, for dollar. Yeah, that doesn't happen very. I don't. Wouldn't have happened since. Nah, Not that I've followed. Hasn't foreign exchange rates, yeah. but yeah, that would have been that would have been a bit of a game changer. I had a mate who sent me last year that. Um, yeah, he was just about to do the US and he, he'd put in that it's like some sort of event and it costs a couple hundred bucks and it just turned out that that was in US and it's actually like a thousand yeah. Aussie dollars. Oh, it's, cra- be, it's crazy yeah. now. Like that's why it's hard to travel there now because of the dollar. Yeah, of so, course. And I don't know if it will go back to how it was. So. Yeah. But um, yeah, like obviously we were strapped very strapped like at that time so we were eating noodles two minute (laughs) noodles every single day so we just felt like shit all the time and throw drinking in there you're just (laughs) like mate i'm i'm all over it so um this is sort of the last two or three weeks and um my cousins lived across the bridge uh from new york in new jersey um so they own like a sort of little chain of pancake parlors over in the states oh wow so we we got over there and i'm like Gonna meet the cousins and and they said and how so how many how many mates are you are with you at the there time? was three others three so four, yeah. group of four boys group yeah. of four boys um which was perfect for like traveling in the car and you know booking taxis like any more or any less it true just, four it, it worked out the perfect, perfect number perfect and if like couple split off there's like there's always two two people with each other um and they're like oh yeah meet us at meet us at the like at the restaurant and we're like. Yeah, perfect. Did you have any idea of sort of that the fact they own like pancake pie? Yeah, or not yeah. really. Like I knew because like obviously we spoke about like oh yeah what like what what do you do over there and what do we do and then they put stuff on social media about you know their business and stuff like that. So we knew what they did, but like I wasn't there to try and get a free meal yeah, out of them. Yeah. I really <laughs> genuinely wanted to catch up and see it. A few but it worked. On the side it worked perfectly. After <laughs> two minute noodles for a couple it of weeks. Perfectly. So they're like, oh yeah, meet us here. So we um, were staying in New York at, at this time and like last leg, leg of the trip, we're like, there's all, all these awesome restaurants and, and stuff like that. And we're just like, we can't go to anything. <laughs> and the place we're staying at, like it looked like little mini prison cells. Really? Yeah. Just the accommodation was terrible. We're just like, we're that's a, all you could afford. That's it all we could afford. Time. But the city was pretty cool. As far as like, it's not my perfect style of of place that i i would i I would think that now now yes now yes but then it was more the whole beach sort of vibe and stuff like that new york is a real concrete city now obviously 10 years on it is a little bit different for me um in sort of how i go about things and where i stay and stuff like that um but back then i was like yeah it's really cool but it's um it's just a big concrete exactly jungle what you're looking for it exactly 22 right. 23 exactly right yeah um so yeah we met him we got over there we met him in the restaurant and um being greek of course they, they ordered the whole menu wow so we just sat and there. this is their own restaurant. this is their own restaurant sure. so they just ordered the whole thing like all paid for and we're just sitting there like you know, buttons undone. We're just like, <laughs> this is unbelievable. We're eating good tonight. Eating good tonight. And then um, they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, what are you guys doing now? We're like, well, obviously, <laughs> we're going to party with you guys. <laughs> so then they just, they took us back to their house um, in New Jersey. They've done like a sort of an estate property sort of thing. And um, they invited all 
all their friends over, like not all their friends, but like a good 10 or 15 mates, and we're playing like all their wiffle ball and all their drinking, American drinking games, all the same shit yeah. you see on like all the college, the whole college, college sort movies, of vibe. And we're like, American this is pie. Like, it's pretty cool. Like it's not our vibe, but it's cool, you yeah. know, like we're enjoying ourselves. So that was cool. And like um, we we got pretty like pretty hammered and, and um, we, they ended up sort of, we stayed over and like the hospitality that they showed us was like incredible right? They put us up in their house. They paid for everything, drinks, oh. like paid for like they no ex- every expense was paid for, like even at the restaurant. Um, so I'm like, oh, like internally grateful for that. Of course. And then um, like I'll wake up in the morning, real daisy, don't even remember sort of going to sleep. And then my mate, Troy, <laughs> he's a bit of a larrikin. He walks in, he looks me like he was as white as a ghost. <laughs> I'm just going, I'm looking at him like, what, man? Like, what? <laughs> what's wrong? Like, what? what's happened? And he's like, you're not going to believe it, man. Like, don't say anything. Like, <laughs> he's like... I pissed the couch. I'm like, I'm like, you what? I'm like, man, they put us up and you're going and pissed on the couch. Like, oh you can't, my goodness. You can't do that, man. Like, and then all of a sudden. Imagine you, you feeling of waking up to that. No, it's not. And even if it was, if it was you who pissed the bed, it'd be slightly better because at least they're your. Exactly right. But- <laughs> exactly. But it was my mate, oh, Troy. Mate, Troy. So I was embarrassed for him and I'm thinking, how are they going to take it? Like, this is the first time we've met him. They've put us up and everything. Like, it's shown such hospitality and then my cousin Dimitri walks in and he's like and Troy goes oh man like I've got, <laughs> I've got something to tell you like nervous as and he's like I pissed on your couch and Dimitri and his American he goes oh fuck it I'd be offended if you didn't piss on the couch so it's like after that we're like oh what a relief you know this, but this is the family I want to yeah it was a good it's like instantly from they that didn't give a fuck instantly from that was um yeah like it was super close with them and that leaded me on to um I sort of obviously after that trip um came back to Melbourne and I'm like I got to go away again like yeah. I can't so what so at the time because it's an interesting point. Like, so did you, you were working as an apprentice or you'd finished your- Still an apprentice. Yeah. I'd done my four years, but I hadn't got my A grade yet. Um, so I said, when I, when I got, um, when I got back, I'd just sit my A grade exam. Should have done it in a different way, but I'm just like, I was too impatient. I just wanted to get away yeah. and do it. I knew it was not going anywhere. This was a trip that I couldn't say no to essentially because the boys wanted to plan and i'm like well yeah there's never ever a good time you just got to do it essentially yeah so then with that so i know you had a few different cycles of sort of working then going away working then go away did you how did you go about like saving the money up was there any sort of techniques you had or were you just quite good your money in like do do, or did you get to the point realize because i know i certainly have that like you'd rather be spending money overseas traveling than Australia yeah definitely yeah no like I mean that's like and you really have to do that like when you're on a sort of a a lower wage and you really just gotta be strict like obviously I lived at home I didn't have to pay rent which was like really really lucky that I didn't have to because I was living with mum and she sort of said you know don't worry about it you know a lot of food was paid for so it was really just my day-to-day of stuff and yeah. I had a work car so I could save predominantly most of my wage which really helped yeah um and yeah 
living at home, that's the big dilemma you have. Like, because you'd love to move, like me personally, you'd love to move out, but it sort of kills your ability to be out yeah. of trouble because you don't want to be paying rent whilst yeah, exactly. you're overseas. E- you? Exactly. And like, obviously, when you go out on a night in, in, say, Melbourne or whatnot, and you spend 300 bucks, you're like, that's like in some countries you could. That's like three or four days. Yeah, can, of course. You can sort of live and spend. So. Yeah. No, it's yeah. amazing how. Yeah, when you do that equation, it's no brainer. Yeah, definitely. Um. So yeah, you. So the next trip off the back of that, you loved the US so much. You loved your cousins in America that you went back. Is that right? Yeah. So I, from that trip, I, I went back and I saved up a fair bit of money, and I'm like, I want to head off for a good year now um and obviously that wasn't like i saved up enough money to do the first say um, four or five months of the trip and then the rest was just going to be winging it so it's like the, the trip that i had planned was to go over to the states i had my cousin's wedding the same cousin that, that you met my mate pissed on his couch no um so i had that um planned and obviously uh we started off in china uh, we got we had some friends in China. Yeah, what what voyage is China? Yeah, so it's just like oh, we got this trip. We had some friends in China. It's like well, we looked at the flight destination, and it was actually kind of like it wasn't that much more expensive just detour past China for a bit. Interesting. So we just went to China, which I'm a real foodie as well. So it's like some of the little pockets in China for some food in some of the spots is just incredible. There was a, one thing that really stood out to me in China was um, when we were in Shanghai and it was illegal for like these sort of food vendors to be out on the street. So it's like they knew when the sort of police were doing their tours around and, and rotating. So they would set up, sell quickly to people and then like skedaddle and off, and, off and duck just off. like little sort of, yeah, not, like not even vans sort of thing, but what type of... The freshest seafood, they would have like scallops and oysters and they cook it on like just awesome like little bits of charcoal Incredible. and stuff like that. So how'd you come across these? You just we just walked past yeah. them. Yeah, we just walked past them, which was awesome. Um, and then so, yeah, obviously we, we caught up with our friends there. They put us up, which was good. We didn't spend that much money there because obviously we stayed with our friends. Um, then obviously we darted off to a few different places, which we had to pay for accommodation and stuff, but it wasn't too bad. It's like, I think it was only an extra couple of hundred bucks to detour past China. And we sort of got to see a lot of the culture and, and a fair bit of the country for two or three weeks. So that was cool. And then obviously we had um, we had Coachella booked. This was sort of before the whole influencer sort of. Yeah. So uh, what year would this have been? This roughly? was 2000, I think 14-ish. Um, thereabouts. So it was the year later. Right. Um, and it was before like everyone went there and took photos. So it was probably a bit. Bit more underground, it not was. underground, but yeah, yeah, cooler. Yeah, than what it, is it now. was. It was cool. It was really cool back then. Um, so yeah, then obviously we flew back. Actually, on that, how have you been? I'm sure you've been to some um, Australian music festivals. How do they compare over um, in, the, in America? Yeah, everything's bigger. Yeah, like okay. bigger, like bigger acts. It's just it is the mecca for getting like the top acts of to a lot of them. Um, I, th- I found like when I was in um, Lollapalooza up in Chicago, it, there was no influencer stuff. There was no like taking photos, selfies, all that stuff. It was just people were there for the music, which was cool. Like I Incredible. really found that really cool. Sounds a lot purer than what music. Yeah, are I'm now. sure it's different now. Um, yeah. But when I went to, but can you imagine back in 2014, you went and saw whoever at Lollapalooza? Yeah. It's just a, a bay of people holding their phones yeah. up, recording it. There was no, yeah, it was just none be of hard that. to even exactly right. 
fathom what that would be like. It's Ex- different. Exactly different right. Different story. But yeah, you so, see uh, Coachella on your, your second time in the US. Yep. So went to went to Coachella and then um, I met up with a couple of friends um, that were that were there. There was about a group of about 15 friends at the West. So we just oh. we heat up with them. We did Coachella all together. It was, it was pretty awesome. And then um, then we darted into um, Central America because the plan was to sort of go to Central America for a couple months and then go to Europe. And then I was going to work in Europe right. for the remainder of the sort of yeah. you know six to eight months or whatever it worked out to be. Um, so yes, Central America was awesome. Where specifically? So you know? there was a couple of spots that really stood out. Um, Nicaragua was really cool. Right. Um, so that's um, on the Caribbean side. So Central America's got um, two sides. You've got the Pacific side and the Caribbean side. Um, so obviously pretty similar in what they all are and, and what they all sort of do, but there's like natural volcanoes. Nicaragua... Um, the section that we went to was really party orientated. There was three main hostels in this one town and then uh, they would do like a Sunday fun day and it was like well-renowned. Like people would just go into um, San Juan del Sur, I think it was, was the town. So it was known for Known for this like, one day. Yeah. yeah, so there was these three major hostels and then they just chucked these parties and everyone would just like bar hop from hostel to hostel and it would finish in one hostel. Yeah, wow. What were, which was cool. Yeah, what are what are the Nicaraguan people like? If I said well, that correctly. Yeah, do you remember like a distinction between Nicaraguans and maybe Mexican or just South American in general? Yeah, are they me, they all vary and differ different differ accordingly. Like I mean, the Caribbean side they are very like that sort of Jamaican style yeah. of accent and sure. the pacific side they were a little bit different so uh, but all super friendly like everyone was super friendly um there was a couple of spots that were pretty yeah dangerous safety, was that a, a, cons- yeah. a concern so there was this one island um in honduras called utila this is a pretty well-renowned dive island um and we wanted to obviously we hadn't dove before but we wanted to get our tickets there so we're like all right we'll book it for I think it was like 10 days and just stay on this one island. We ended up staying for like 20 days. Oh, really? Just because it was just so cheap and just everything was just beautiful. The water, the accommodation. It was an island that's like three kilometres wide by two kilometres long. Like it was just, it was incredible. But getting there was the mission. Right, what was so you So uh, Honduras had, I think that year, there was like I think five to 600 homicides to the first five months of the year. Did like, you know that coming in? <laughs> we didn't know that until like three days before the trip. Oh, my goodness. So we're, we're on because it's chicken buses everywhere in Central America. What's chicken buses? It kind of looks like a prison bus with no windows. And it's just you hop on them and hop off them and they're just super cheap. But they yeah. pile people, people on like it's like it's a chicken Sardine. cage. Yeah, right. Like, oh, like, yeah, like a chicken. Yeah. No shit. Correct. I, I understand. So it's like I, I just remember like – Back to the sort of chicken bus story. I know I'm hopping around a little no, bit, but um, there was my mate was super hungover one day, and there's <laughs> <laughs> this. Not I can old never Troy, was it? No, this is no. one of my best mates, George, and um, I can never get this image out <laughs> of my head. 
because it was this one guy, probably weighed about 110, 115 kilos, and he was super sweaty because it was so <laughs> humid. And like a local guy, he had like it was, yes, it was a local guy, and then. <laughs> He had a white T-shirt on and he had sweated so much that it was literally see-through. Oh. And then George was like, had his head down, hung over eyes, just going, i just got to get off this chicken bus. And all <laughs> I remember is just this guy's gut just pounding him in the face every single time there was a bump and he was just had someone to his left so he couldn't move any further. So he's just copping this. Bloody gut. He was wet so gut. Frail. Oh, mate, he was a broken man. How long was the bus ride? Oh, like they range anywhere from two to 15 hours. Oh, my goodness. So it's like they're, they're full on. Like it's an experience going on. But there's no other way of transporting, especially when you're traveling, especially when you're on a budget. It's cheap, man. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Super cheap. Um, so, yeah, back to the Honduras story. So, yeah, we found out that. Obviously, a couple of days before, we were like, well, we're still going to go. Like, we've got to get to this island and we want to do the dive stuff. Yeah. And um, then we started going through and then we keep hearing all these stories. And then the hostel that we booked at the port before we needed to get um, onto the ferry to go over to Utila, um, they called us and they're like, you know, your bus is going to go to a depot. That depot is going to be a caged, like, fence depot that they have to quickly shut because they have a lot of, like, hijackings and stuff like that and they'll just shoot up the bus. Oh, my goodness. So, we're hearing this. We're, like, on high alert. And this, I think this chicken bus was about four hours to this depot. So, we're just looking out the window, really tense Do the you remember time. the visuals of what you saw? Yeah, the visuals. I was more scared of, like, the drop-off of the side of, of the cliff that we're driving along, not not people hijacking right. the plane because it's literally just straight drop-offs and just dirt roads. Yeah, okay. So it's a bit nuts. And then um, we got into that first depot. They shut the door. Then we had to run into another bus. Like you, they said run. Yes, run that's into another how- bus. Like the, that's – it's crazy, yeah. Oh, it was crazy. I don't know what it's like now. Yeah. But they're like running to the other. So we had to run to the other bus. Then from that bus, we had to go to our hostel at the port. We spoke to the hostel. They're like, give us 10 minutes before you get there um, and we'll open up. So literally we got off the bus and had to sprint with our bags into the hostel and they caged and closed it straight away. Oh my goodness. This is how crazy it That's was. All the windows had cages on them. Red hot it and was. And they go, do not leave the hostel at night. Like, if you want to die, leave. Right, but so, you, and you were only staying here so that you could go the next morning. So we can get on the ferry. Sure. Yeah, so uh, luckily oh, enough, that would have been we didn't restless. leave. Yeah, it was restless and sleep. it's like we were starving and all they had was a vending machine. So we're just eating bloody chips for dinner. It's ridiculous. And then the next day, sun comes up. Luckily, obviously, nothing happens. And we, we get onto the boat to go to this island. And I'm not kidding when I say we get to the island and it's, this is a part of the same country and it's only like 15 kilometers offshore. It is one of the safest places I've ever been in my life. Like, so it's still in Honduras? Yeah, still Honduras. It's an island off Honduras, still considered Honduras, um, but it is just super safe. Like it went from like nearly hearing all these stories. That, like you straight can feel away. that. It, like I left my, it was so safe. I left my laptop at a bar and, for like four or five hours and it didn't get stolen. You're joking. Like, coming from a place where you had to run we had to run at risk of of gunfire correct and and that like if if people are into like that whole beach vibe and that you know diving and and that sort of side of things like 
util. I know it seems like pretty crazy to get there, but if you're in Central America, it is worth Sounds having. Incredible. It's worth having a look at. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, the diving was incredible. You know, like you you hung over every day, and then you just they give you like 40, 50 cent water, fresh watermelon juices that they just juice there and you just have that. And it's just like, it's a real hammocks everywhere. Just the vibe is just really cool. Yeah, wow. And then so do you think, I was asking Dan, my guest last week, because he traveled sort of 20 years ago. Do you think the, the untouchedness or the purity of, Utila still exists now? I think definitely, yeah. It, it's, it's a it's I guess too it must small because, of a place. And because it's so risky to actually get, get there. there. So it's like not, it's without, not going to attract. Without a doubt. And it's like blocks of tourists. It's, it's got one of like the top 10 bars in the world there on oh. that one place. Like this tiny little island has got one of the best bars in the world. Um, it's got like this, this one guy spent like 12, 13 years, like, cause there's trees and it's like a tree house bar. So there's like all these little, um, sort of, uh, walkways from tree to tree, like a little tree housing, but he's coated like half the area of the whole property in mosaic. So trees and all this stuff. So when the sun comes down at a certain point, it just reflects and it's just like blows your mind, just the visuals of the, of the bar. Like it's, it's an incredible place to be. And it's like the food that we're getting, it's like five bucks and you're getting fresh seafood, like fresh fish that caught is. that day, cooked on the charcoals, just simple, like a little bit of rice, steamed rice, fresh fish, fresh lime and a salad. And it's Take like me there. we were in heaven. Like oh. we were just like, we did not want to leave that joint. So, but we had so obviously things we had to incredible. do. So you, you meant to be there for 10 days. You were there for... Yeah, about 20, 20, I think it was. So wow. it's like we didn't want to leave. Like we could have just dove there and stayed there for... So a lot of people that went there actually stayed there. So they went as novice divers, like, or never dove. And like they've been there for six months. They're like dive masters and they're instructors wow. and stuff like that. So just didn't leave. Just didn't leave. Yeah, it's, so it's a cool place. Oh, I've got to add that to yeah. the, the hit list and so should any listeners. For sure. Um, so yeah, you have the wedding, I'm assuming, off the yeah. back of that. Yeah, so then we sort of made our way back into sort of Central America and then up through Mexico. And then, yeah, then I parted ways with a couple of the friends and stuff that I was with and I, I went by myself and I was carting around a suit this whole time like, <laughs> suit in a bag it's like it was absolutely trashed by it the time i got bangled. to the wedding i'm just like it was creased as shit <laughs> and it just didn't look great but i was just like whatever it would have felt good to finally put it on though knowing that you lugged it around i threw it in the bin yeah, after. i'm, I'm like sure. i'm not carrying it around for now i'm like <laughs> we got ptsd yeah carrying this suit around. the amount of times it went on a chicken bus i'm like where is it like it's gone and it's like if i don't have this suit like i'm stuffed for the wedding yeah so, you have to wear boardies and some thongs it was a few close calls <laughs> so yeah had had the wedding um they were really hospitable again as well with me obviously being like family like they got a limo to pick me up from oh. from the airport and like i felt so like they're just really good people which was nice and then you know went to the restaurant again before i flew out sure. um they loaded Got me up fed with, for the last oh, time fed for, for the last time yeah um and then from there I, I flew into um into london um so i stayed there for a little bit uh which was cool it's just a it's just a big city um but it was cool to see the see the kind of culture if you 
call it that, um, and sort of see around town. But it's super expensive. Yeah. And on a budgeting, I think like a pint cost me twenty Australian dollars. Yeah, wow. And that was back then. It's it's a lot of money. Uh, meals like it was accommodation. I'm assuming accommodation. Well, like I stayed in pricey. one spot. It was I think it was a hundred bucks for a bed in a twelve bed dorm. Oh. So that's a hundred bucks a night. So it's super expensive, but it's like I didn't stay there long. Um, then then flew to um, Spain, uh, went to Barcelona, and um, yeah, I just loved it. Like I, uh, the plan was to go see more of Spain, but I just in, like we had this really cool hostel, and the people there were just incredible, and made really not really good friends there, and everyone was just kept staying and sort of extending their trip there. So I'm just like I'm having such a good time here. Like I had no plans. How good's that freedom though? Like that you can. If yeah. you like a place, you can just stay there and spend it longer. Oh. Or in reverse, if you hate a place, you can exit leave. Fuck yeah, off. Exactly. You? Yeah. And that's that was the beauty because I was I was by myself at that point. So it's like I could be as selfish as I want. And that that's definitely like any of the listeners, I think it's a really good thing to do by yourself as well, is to travel by yourself. You can really be selfish on any level that you want. Um, it's it's great being with friends, but there's there's good and bad for both. There's definitely pros and cons for both, but doing both is a, is definitely a must. A must. Yeah, yeah, I always say that the sweet spot is potentially doing legs of it or going to places that you can do a bit by yourself, but knowing you've got friends to meet up nearby. For sure, it's like that is yeah the yeah. the perfect yeah that is hybrid on. between the two. Definitely, definitely. Um, is that when the the accident happened next yeah so i yeah the plan was to stay in uh eos uh greek island uh so you wanted to go to greece because you were going to work there yeah like my mate george he he's done like years and years and years of traveling like my best mate he'd done like that was his fifth season in in greece um, so he's, he's done a lot of travel. Yeah, um, right. and he, he's my best mate. He now lives in, in Burley. Um, but we teed up and I was by myself at this point. He was going to be coming probably, I think it was about two weeks into when I got to EOS. So I caught up with some family in Greece, um, that I had started a job there, um, in sales on the beach, which was awesome. So it's like, I had the best of both worlds, um, I got the sun in the day because I sold tours to people coming off the boats and stuff like that. Um, like the, it was like for the water sports in Eos on the beach. And um, I was settling in really good. Like it wasn't a bar job. A lot of people do bar jobs when they're away. Um, but this was really great, obviously, because I didn't have to work until 4 or 5 a.m., sleep all day. I could still get the sun during the day, go and do my thing at night. And it was windy. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, there's there's an event in EOS called Swedish Midsummer where it's like it's kind of like when all the Swedes come and they celebrate their you know their midsummer sort of break and it's like one day is a party day and on that day um, before like the festivities sort of started out I went down to the beach that I was working at. And um, I just dove, and it was a real windy, washy day, day that day. And um, I dove in the water to sort of cool off because it was super hot. And I dove into a spot that the sandbar had actually moved around a little bit and the water wasn't clear. So I just dove in and didn't put my hands out properly and um, cracked into the sandbar and broke my neck. Um, Man. So that was like, yeah, I from that, I 
I was sort of sitting in the water and I couldn't move anything. Were you face, yeah, face I, up or I face was, down? I was face down to start with, then a wave sort of kicked me over onto my back. And then there was a guy next to me that I worked with called Dutchie. Um, he's like, he's been there for like 15 seasons. He's like 43 or something. <laughs> he's just an old dude, but really nice guy. And um, he, he thought I was joking and I'm like, hey, hey, like I can't move. I can't move. And he thought I was like taking the piss a bit. And he was on a paddle board next to me and he's just whacking me with the paddle stick thinking I was taking the piss. Like he was just having a laugh. I'm like, dutchy, dutchy, like I'm being serious. I can't move. And then I started to actually go under a bit. And then, then he sort of saw that I was under the water and that I couldn't move. So he grabbed me out and pulled me out onto the beach. And then everyone sort of around um, was sort of like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take him to the, to the local doctor. Um, and still at that time, I couldn't move a thing. Wait, so you, is he like literally had to carry you out of the water? Yeah, carry me out of the water. And like you can't, like you can't yeah, feel? I couldn't move not even a toe or a finger. Like I could just talk. Um, and then, yeah, he pulled me out, sort of Dude. laid me on the sand. Yeah, laid What's me on What's going the, through your head? Like, no, like, you- I was just sort of, you never think, like, when you hear these stories of people, like, injuring himself and, like, hurting himself really badly or breaking their neck and being in a wheelchair, you never think for a second that that's going to be you. Like, of course. Ever. Um, so, like, I was, I was kind of in a bit of shock at that point, and then they end up sort of sitting me there and trying to like get me to move, but I still couldn't move anything. So they take me to the doctors. The doctor's like, yeah, nah, like this is a bit more serious. We're going to have to take him to Santorini. They've, you know, they've got a, they've got a hospital there, a small hospital. So on that day, they couldn't actually take me by helicopter um, because there was sort of no pad there. And so they took me by like a big yacht um, really? Yeah, it was like a big powered What's yacht. Eos to, to I can't Century. remember. I can't remember what it was by birth, but not but much. Dude, it like, might what, be um, what are you an feeling? Hour. Like, is it? Are you? Are yeah, you I was fearful that like this could be. Yeah, how I'm going to be for the yeah. Rest of my life. Like things were running through my head, but I was still in a bit of shock. I'm like, sure, it's got to be fine. Like it, this can't happen to me. Like I'm going to be fine here somehow, and I'm just like still couldn't move, and then. They take me by yacht to Santorini, um, and I had a doctor uh, from EOS like hold my neck the whole time. They obviously realised like I'd done something to my neck, um, so the doctor's holding my neck the whole time there, which is excellent because that's the right sort of care that you can do. Because if I'm on a boat on the washy day that it was that day, oh. there's no way like I would have been gone. Like I would have been in a wheelchair for sure if that happened in any other country. So they got me to Santorini and they did a quick scan and they're like, no, nah, we're going to get him to Athens. Like, this is way more serious. We can't do anything here. So then um, they chartered a plane specifically for me from oh Santorini. Goodness. Yeah, over to, over to Athens. So I'm just like, at this time, I'm just, I'm looking up the whole time because I couldn't move. I couldn't stand nothing. So I'm just, all I'm seeing is lights, aeroplane going up, like I'm just the visual of it now when I think about it is just crazy because I'm just seeing all these things people talking. Do you, Greek. Do you have an awareness of what I was had going awareness on? the whole time, like like the whole the whole thing I had awareness of, which was crazy. Um, so then they got me. I, f- I flew in um, to to Athens. Then they got me in the ambulance. And they took me straight to the hospital. Um, they obviously did 
the scans there and they're like, yeah, you've broken your C4 um, vertebrae. You've obliterated and completely smashed two discs between your C3, C4, C4, C5. Um, and you've got a blood clot pushing on your spinal cord. So I had to go into they, – they obviously saw that I had like a really good uh, travel insurance, which like to all the listeners – that is the biggest thing yeah. that you need to get. Don't skimp out on it. If it costs you like a thousand bucks for the trip, twelve hundred, it is well worth paying yeah, for it. It's of good peace of mind. And like, of course, man, you yeah, you overlook it. Don't you, you overlook like, I it. Because you, you like, said it before, you never think it's going to happen yeah, to you. Ex- it does. Exactly right. So like, look through absolutely everything on the policy to make sure how much <laughs> medical that everything is included. And if you need to pay more, pay more because it's like. I'll tell you the figure in a minute, but like if that was it, I would have been completely up shit creek because I was traveling. So would they have like, say for example, you didn't have travel insurance. Would you, would you not have been flying for flown from Santorini to Athens? You wouldn't got the care that you needed in Greece. I think that they probably would have, but someone would have had to come up with the money. They would have wanted to know they would have done it. And then obviously build me after in a certain way. But as soon as I found out, like I had the best, insurance they literally sent me to the best neurosurgeon in athens which happened to be the best neurosurgeon in the whole of europe wow so it's like i was it was the the best of the best care in anywhere in the world that it could have happened i was just lucky that it happened there so um yeah so they they put me in for an instant surgery um and because he was a really good neurosurgeon he basically you've got a couple of different types. Like what I've got is a neck fusion. So I've got a titanium plate on three of my vertebrae uh, and two artificial discs in there. But you know how you see like on some movies and stuff, they've got the halo around their head. Yeah, yeah. So when they're not as experienced, it's like they do it in a certain way that it helps repair the neck uh, without the neck fusion because that's obviously they're screwing into where your spinal cord is. It's a lot. You've got to be pretty experienced to do that. So I was lucky in that way that I had that sort of surgery and, and he was sort of there in that country. So um, the, the kind of funny thing about that, they meted me up pretty heavily and I was in, I was in the sort of hospital bed and obviously Greeks being Greeks, they like my, my papu, which is my granddad, like he obviously messaged half of Greece telling him. Of course. Um, and it was pretty funny because I like, I went in for the surgery. I came out of the surgery. I was pretty highly medicated. And then I just look out and there was like 35 Greek heads just <laughs> pe- peeping in from the door oh. at me. And it's just like from that, it made me feel really good because it's like I've got family yeah. here. I'm not here by You're myself. Not alone. It was actually a really good feeling. So because I was traveling by myself at that point, they actually, my travel insurance allowed to fly. Uh, a dependent like uh, your mum or something like that over so they flew my mum over to sort of be with me amazing yeah spent about that cut obviously cut the trip short um a lot shorter than i wanted to and and i was so like in denial and i was so meted up from like the meds that they gave me i actually thought i was going to travel really from that and then it only like three weeks later i'm like Hey man, this is a serious injury. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, that like was I need serious rehab from this. Comprehend. Yeah, it would be. It'd just be like, yeah, especially the initial stage of it happening. I just can't fathom that feeling of not having any feeling in your body. Like it's crazy feeling. It's, you couldn't. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't comprehend sure. what it would be like. For sure. For sure. So, 
Um, yeah, and then obviously I had to spend a fair bit of time recovering. Yeah, so there. tell us about not only the recovery, but I guess sort of your learnings from from that pretty traumatic event. Yes, I mean, over there, I stayed in hospital for about two or three weeks, I think it was, and then I couldn't fly. Like the pain that I had from just sitting upright because it was stretching my spinal cord and pulling uh, on my on my vertebrae was just so intense. Like even met it up, I just couldn't even sit upright. Um, so I had to sort of stay. My f- I had some family. I didn't want to stay in the hospital any longer. So my, I had some family over there that put me up, which was awesome. And they cooked me like really good Greek dishes and, and whatnot. So it was like, it was good to have that home comfort feel yeah. instead of being in a, in a hospital bed for X amount of time. Of course. So that was cool. And, you know, had mum there and had family there. So, you know, it was, it was good for that. Um, and then eventually it got time to fly back. So luckily again with the um, with the really good insurance, they flew me back business, which was like awesome. Wow. On a flatbed, you know, never flown business before. <laughs> that was like a good little taste. It was yeah. nice, you know. So that was a little... Even when you've had this massive injury, at least you got yeah. a bit of bouginess. Yeah, it was nice. Make it, it was, a bit better. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, you know a bit more about that nowadays, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah true, true. <laughs> but um, yeah, I came back and um, at that time, I that was kind of the, the time that I had started working over in Greece. So I was pretty strapped when I came back because obviously I was going to work and just live overseas. So at that time I'd wasted, I'd blown all my money. So I came back um, and I had to do about eight months of rehab and recovery. So I was off work for eight months, um, just like doing water therapy every day. It took me like two and a half years to properly get my strength back. Oh my goodness. And it's like, it wasn't even a hundred percent. So it was, it was a long sort of recovery. What, so what age is this? Are you back I think in I was about tw- uh, 25, around 25 then. Um, so yeah, got back, uh, recovered, um, and then yeah, got back on my feet. Um, took me a good eight months. I was on the dole for eight months, yeah, wow. which was, which was hard because like, you know, I always like to work and stuff like that and always sort of paid my way and like I was fully reliant. And I just you can't, you don't, you have no option. I'm yeah. sure, like I'm sure your mates are qualified or yeah. working, yeah, jobs exactly. that are doing really well for them but to see that that would have been quite hard yeah that was that was tricky and like i just i wanted to sort of get my life moving again you know which yeah. was hard so f- like had like got my a grade obviously and then i sort of i sort of said like well i'm not going to do another big trip like that i'm just getting a little bit too old so i sort of came to terms with like I, I will just do smaller trips. I love traveling and I'll travel for the rest of my life, but the trips are going to be a little bit more, they're going to be shorter and sharper and probably more of them instead right. of one big hit. So I just had to sort of assess where I was at the time. It's just like anything in life. You just got to see, all right, what position am I in life now and sort of go from there. Amazing. It's so incredible that you had, yeah, that, that massive turnaround from such a traumatic event i guess um it's not really a business podcast but i'm gonna i'm gonna touch on it did you feel sorry to be to give a bit of context you sort of run pre three really successful businesses um off the back of i guess going back to square one did you was there more motivation and drive to sort of excel your career and your, your business life after that occurring 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it put a bit of a hold on my life with a lot of aspects. So I, I felt like I sort of needed to propel it pretty quick to get to where I wanted to get to, to have the life that I wanted to sort of have. So, yeah, obviously, I, you know, I've got two, two call it three businesses and a property develop as well. So I've had to take a fair few risks in that time to, to elevate it in sort of a quicker way. Um, but, yeah, like, back to the sort of travelling thing, it's – trips are different now like i'm 34 now yeah so the trips are structured in a yeah got a lovely little girl logan and a fiance so yeah i could imagine um one of the last countries or areas that i know you've been to that you adored that i want to touch on before we go is iceland um and norway i think can you tell us a bit about that i know was that post your accident yeah, so that was and I guess the the shorter, post, sharper trips that you were. Yeah, post accident, um, I flew over to Norway and spent about a month in Norway. Um, super expensive place, but scenic wise, it's by far the nicest place I've ever been to in my life. People have been to like New Zealand. It's like New Zealand just on steroids. Really? Like it's like the mountains are five times larger. The waterfalls are five times bigger. You know, you've just got glaciers and the hikes are incredible the scenery is just incredible but it is very expensive to get there and to sort of travel around there like i think a steak cost me like and just this is just a general steak at like a pub cost me like 120 bucks yes yeah. is it a, is it a big country it's not not that big yeah uh, but the they've got like lots of fjords which are just in uh, sort of uh they're like inland ocean rivers sort of thing wow um and they go super deep they're like from the land they drop to like nearly a thousand meters deep because the mountains are so high and that contour follows the whole way down so a lot of the fjords that you're driving around are just black water like straight off the bat really it's crazy wait and you were driving yourself or you yeah yeah i was driving around there and um yeah it's just it's an incredible place it really is worth seeing yeah, definitely amazing. And Iceland. Is, yeah, Iceland, yeah. That's yeah. another funky one that you said, yeah. mentioned to me that you've been to. What was that like? Yeah, so Iceland, if you can picture what Mars would be like, that's basically what Iceland is. It's just everything about it's just got an eerie feeling, but in a unique ear about it. So it's like most of the country is based on like it's like an active basically a big active volcano um so a lot of the like a lot of the actual um showers that you take and a lot of their water is actually uh, geothermal water so it's like and there's a lot of sulfur in it so it's like when you're having a shower it literally smells like shit really yeah so it's a hard one to sort of get used to but um they heat and cool a lot of their stuff with the geothermal underneath the ground and um there's some pretty cool stuff there's lots of glaciers to see there um there's like you'll be driving along a road and you can just see where there's been a a volcano that's erupted it's dried and then they've just cut back out the road so you you're like driving through these like hardened magma walls and you just got like you can see it's pretty amazing we don't be so surreal because yeah it'd be from what you're describing so completely different to what australia is so completely and that's what like most people are looking yeah. to find. So that would have been. Did you, I, mean, I can just imagine you driving through and looking around and thinking, your head's out the window what the, the whole hell? time. Like you're just looking, going, 
what is going on here? What is this? But it's such a harsh country. Like what, when it's, it's the, windy, the weather? it's like 100 kilometer winds. It's just like harsh, everything about it. And there's like some really cool spots where there's like black sand. I think it's called like Diamond Beach where um, there's like little bits of um, glacier and ice that roll up onto sand so they look like sort of diamonds on the black sand oh my so scenic wise it's pretty incredible and they've got these things called geysers which are like they're like exploding bits of water like that shoot up 50 meters in in the sky that's like 100 degree water and how, they go off every how close like, are you to them you can walk within like two meters of them really but yeah if you, if you, you go, know when yeah they just shoot up and come straight down so it's like it's it's some of the stuff there's pretty incredible yeah, Amazing, so different to what Australia is, and it's worth seeing. Yeah, another one, I guess, to to add on, worth putting on the, on the list, hit list. For sure. Um, well, Anth, um, thank you so much for jumping on today. I really, really enjoyed the chat. It was one that I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, and you're generally someone that I look up to. I, I love the fact that you've been to all these amazing countries, but you've also really excelled in business and in career. And it's, yeah, you're someone that I, I idolize. So thank you so much. I appreciate hey, that, man. It was a pleasure being on here. My man. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers, bro.